Skunk it. But like I, because I did think I was like there. Like I, I listened to a few podcasts where they've had to move to doing it mm. like this, and there is like a noticeable difference. Not so much in like the sound quality, Absolutely. but in like the way they talk to one another. Um, mm. And it's like, I was like, yeah, I was like, there's no fucking way that they're not in the same room. Like, there's no <laughs> way that they're doing this across a like across a a, a video chat and are still maintaining that same level of yeah like banter that they have you know well, I, mean? I thought it was impressive yeah i thought, well, I it, was thought really, it was really incredible impressive, yeah but no tensing um but then when it the dog came in and he was like oh i'm gonna touch the dog's nose i was like ah there it is it's all it's all falling apart I, i've seen yeah. through the lies of the jedi <laughs> um yeah speaking of jedi huh, what a segue even though probably Whoa. won't include that opening two minutes. No, that's <laughs> irrelevant. <laughs> that probably wasn't a conversation worth um, worth the pod- our podcast. Yeah. Um. So our our I don't know when you watch it, but our Saturday morning uh, lockdown entertainment has has come to an end after these these eight long weeks. Um, yes. The Mandalorian wrapped up. And it did. Season one wrapped up. Yeah. A show which I feel like we both initially did not like at all, and then very much came around to in the you know when it actually came to the UK. Like I feel like we came around to it in a in a bigger way. I I don't know. I don't feel like my initial reaction was as harsh as don't like at all. I felt like the first episode was very much um, really really hard to get on board with because it's just all set up. Um, but I remember saying in the very podcast that we, we first talked about it, that the Baby Yoda reveal is a good sort of like indication that yeah. like, it, there's cool directions it could go. Because I think the, the problem with the first episode is that you really struggle to get behind the character yeah. of the Mandalorian because there's nothing to get behind him with. It doesn't matter him, how much he uh, like, finds ex- it doesn't matter how much he expresses with his hands it's hard to get on board with a character who literally cannot emote in any yeah. way, really. But the the reveal of Baby Yoda does indicate, oh, I see. So that this, and, and then he saves Baby Yoda from the Takawatiti robot. You're like, oh, I see. So that there is something, like, I can relate. He, he starts to care about this character, and I can re- um, use that to relate to him. Um so I, I don't know, like, I, it certainly wasn't a good first episode. It was a very long, boring first episode. Yeah, I, I still don't feel like I'm a fan of that first one. No. It works, It work, it's weird, because it actually works for binge-watching. <laughs> that first episode makes it seem like you should have binge-watched this show, uh-huh. but you don't, because they're doing it week by week. But I wouldn't have been so dismissive, even at the time of going, I, I absolutely do not like this show. Yeah, I, I, I really wasn't on board with the first episode. Um, I think large, like, but I don't know. I, I forgot what I was gonna say. I totally fucked it. I had like a whole thing set up, and it's literally gone. So that's good. Um, uh, did you like the finale? I did like the finale. No, that it's gonna annoy me. Hang on, 
Let me see if I it's can like figure a, out It's what like it was. a sneeze you're not going to have. Yeah. Because I'm like, I'm not going to be able to focus on like the next part of the conversation until I can think of what I was going to say. But no, I think it's gone, which is really fucking annoying. Do, 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 do. Second opinion, technical Oh, right, I remembered what I was going to say. Please stand by with us now. The whole thing of the whole thing about binge watching it, like, I almost, I almost don't feel like it is a show that's made to be binge watched because they go for the kind of monster of the week model for the middle part hmm. of the show, which I think is a pretty like interesting move for the first Star Wars TV show to make. Like, you would think that they would go for a more focused approach. Um, yeah. But instead, it almost has this... It almost has the thing that the kind of the, the, the kind of modern Doctor Who does, where there's, like, it's a Monster of the Week show, but then there's the overarching uh, hmm. kind of plotline in the background, and that's sort of the beginning and the end of the series. Um, but I, I did really like the finale. Gus's entrance from Breaking Bad was a big surprise. I had no idea he was in it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that, that was, was really good fun. Even though he is just playing Gus from Breaking Bad when Gus from Breaking Bad is angry. <laughs> um, yeah. But I really liked his character. I like the hmm. I like the idea of them being remnants left over from the Empire. Um, hmm. And something that I wish they had tapped into more was, I mean, first of all, Werner Herzog should have been in every fucking episode. He's incredible. <laughs> like, um, that was my big worry when they kind of start to move away from that plot line in the first half of the series. I was like, they better not be done with my boy Werner. Um, but uh, I, I really thought it was interesting where he talks about like, where he talks about how how life was better when the Empire was in power because there was a semblance of order to the galaxy and now that the empire is no longer a thing he's like oh the you know these people rebelled and they got their freedom from the empire but what did they replace it with they didn't replace it with anything and so now we just have this lawless land um and i was gonna plumb the toilets exactly but i remember when i went to and i'm gonna be that guy but when i went to budapest on one of my many travels (laughs) we we took a we took a walking tour and the guide uh a lot like a lot of the tour was was centered around communism uh and she talked about how a lot of the older generation that live in budapest like long for the days of communism because they think that the country was run better under communism and it like Hmm. you know i'm sure that's what the parallel is kind of meant to be but i was like oh that's interesting and i want I want like more of that, but we have to stop yeah. that because then I guess we border too much on like the weird politics of the prequels that nobody liked. <laughs> um, yeah, and I get that that's you know delving into something like that isn't maybe interesting for your your space western. Um, but I don't know that was like the bit that that fascinated me the most, and I was like, I want him to just talk about that. I want like a lecture from Werner Herzog on why it, things were better <laughs> um, under a Nazi like, regime. It feels like <laughs> that's what you want him to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> Nazis. Stop talking about stormtroopers as if you're talking about stormtroopers. Let's just drop Let's the fucking metaphors. Nazi stormtroopers. <laughs> and just give me Werner um, Herzog's TED talk. <laughs> 
I wouldn't say that, like, because the prequels are supposed to be sort of a more broader appeal. I'd say The Mandalorian's definitely a more adult Star Wars tale. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like it, it kind of works that way that you've got your animated Clone Wars for, like, uh, that are more family oriented. And then you've got The Mandalorian, which I think with its pacing is, like, definitely more for adults. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like it's a bit too slow for, like, a kid to enjoy. Mm-hmm. But do you not feel like when if when you were a kid, like do you not feel like you would have kind of been sucked into that that world? Because I feel like I would have fucking loved that as a kid. I feel like I would have thought that was the greatest piece of television I've ever seen. Maybe because I loved Star uh, Wars and it's it's edgy Star Wars now. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. I, I wasn't as big into Star Wars as a kid. Mm. Um, that's definitely a later later life thing. But I, although weirdly, I liked Star Wars merchandise. I just didn't watch Star Wars. Okay. What did you have? I had, you know, in The Phantom Menace, uh, they used to be able to get those weird action figures that were on on rail, like on a sort of platform. Yeah. It was Obi-Wan, Darth Maul, and freaking Qui-Gon Jinn. Yeah. I think I had Darth Maul and Liam Neeson, if I remember right. Uh, and, and is it like you push like the button around. and they like swing back and forth? Yeah, they yeah. swing back and forth. They're not quite action figures. They swing back and forth and, like, they kid on fight each other. Uh, I had them, even though I didn't like Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's not It's not like I didn't like Star Wars. I just didn't watch Star Wars. But I, I had that for some reason. And Lego Star Wars. I had some Lego Star Wars. I used to have... I used to have a, a toy of Jango Fett's spaceship. Okay. And I feel like that must still be somewhere in my house. Ooh. Like, it must be Ooh. in the loft somewhere, because there's a whole bunch of shit up in that loft <laughs> that I used to have when I was a kid. And I'm like, it must be in there somewhere. And I'm like, could I get that and take that back to Glasgow with me? <laughs> um, not anytime soon. But well, no, I'm not anytime sure soon. sure one day. Um, but I uh, can get. That. I, I mean, my I mom, have... my mom, my mom recently posted me a a a, a razor, um, in case God <laughs> forbid the fucking barbers don't open ever again. Um, so I could be like, hey, could you also go to the post office and send me Django Fett's spaceship, please? <laughs> uh, what a very specific request. I I am unfortunate in the fact that I had. Well, not unfortunate. That sounds bad. I have a younger brother, so most of my toys. Uh, if they yeah. weren't broken, they went to him, uh, and then I don't know what happened to my toys after that. So I guess maybe eventually my mum just cleared out the, all the toys and stuff and sent them to the charity and stuff. So there's very very select amount of my toys that um, from when I was a kid that was still around. Do you think if you have a kid and it comes to that point where they've had a thing and then they've they've grown out of that thing, like the Game Boy? And they don't play the Game Boy anymore because the new technology has came out. Do you think you'll be the kind of parent because of like what we've lived through in terms of toys and technology and stuff? Do you think you'll be the kind of parent who like you're like, no, I'm gonna keep a hold of this because like who knows what this might be worth? Yeah. Or do you think you'll you'll just yeah. revert to being the way our parents are, where it's just like if you don't play with it for like two weeks, it gets thrown in a bag and donated to a charity shop somewhere, or it gets thrown in the skip. <laughs> I feel like it is interesting that our generation would be a lot more conscious of nostalgia because it has been so 
weaponized in like pop culture in cinema and stuff it's like remember that thing that you remember as a kid yeah oh, we remember it too and here it is big screen so you can remember <laughs> I know if it you want one it costs a bajillion pounds on ebay <laughs> So I get. I think I'd be more selective because you couldn't keep every kid toy. But I think I'd be a lot more if you like if it felt like a disposable TV show. I'd be like, nah, no one's gonna be thinking of that yeah. in the next um, twenty years. But maybe if it was something more, um, sort of like, oh, that's quite a big property. Maybe I'll just put that in a box and keep it away. Yeah. On their twenty fifth birthday, it's like surprise. But it's so it. I think it's so weird now as well because stuff is so much more mass produced now. I guess. Hmm. So I I think there will be a lot less stuff that is worth money. Um, it's also it's also like recycled franchises. Hmm. Like a lot of what kids are into now are what kids were into twenty years ago. Yeah. Like, it's since the 70s every generation of kids has appreciated their own wave of star wars toys yeah that's a like and you imagine the marvel cinematic universe or in superheroes in some incarnation are still going to carry on even if they just reduced back to kids shows uh and still produce toys and their toys it'll be like recognizable to their others oh look i want the new captain america toys like oh that's funny son when i was your age i wanted the new captain america toy not specifically our range, because Captain America wasn't a thing when we were a kid. Um, but, like, it will be re- recycled franchises regardless. Yeah, I get you. The The one I think is going to be... The one I think is going to be different now is, like, video games. Because, obviously, there's a, big, there's a big market now for retro video games. And some of them cost a fucking fortune. And it's, like, some of them, it's, like, ones yeah. you wouldn't even think of. But they cost a fortune. But I feel like... Because of the fact that you can get everything digital now, that will kind of mm. die a death. Like, I think it will just now just remain easier to get a hold of the games you want. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because, you know, even like something like, like Spyro and Crash Bandicoot, obviously they released the, the, the kind of remastered trilogies of them. But... If you've had a PlayStation 3, you've been able to buy, like, just the regular versions of those games online for years. You know what I mean? Hmm. So it's like, I think stuff is, like, easier to come by now and there's not going to be that. Like, maybe there'll still be a thing of if you have the physical disc for a console yeah, people like that aspect of it. But in terms of actually being able to, like, seek out older games and just play them on, like, updated consoles, I feel like that's going to be the way forward now yeah and that whole kind of like almost like retro gaming marketplace thing there won't be that for this generation because everything will have been a lot more easily accessible that's interesting yeah hmm isn't it just thanks for coming to our antiques podcast (laughs) (laughs) oh no danny's frozen where we evaluate generational legacy you you froze there i'm sorry Oh, it was a great line. You froze I won't again. repeat it because it was a once in a lifetime line. Content. You'll love it when you when you edit. You'll love finally get to hear that. Line. <laughs> I'll only be able to hear it when I edit it together. That's fine. I'll 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 mute the part where I say Danny's frozen so that we could just hear what you say. <laughs> um, should um, we? Oh, there was other news. 
about yes. Star Wars that you wanted to bring up? It was supposed to naturally roll on from the Mandalorian, but the Mandalorian spiraled into a its own conversation. Hey man, we're we're free flowing. You know, this is as much uh, a podcast as it is me and you having a catch up. So, aye, exactly. And one of the biggest news that we haven't caught up on yet is that the next Star Wars film has a director. Doesn't have much else. We don't really have a premise, mm. a direction, a date, or anything. But we do have a director for it. And that director is, of course, Taika Waititi. Yeah. Which I feel like I feel like that news popped up and I went, yeah, who doesn't have a fucking Star Wars film in the pipeline at this point? <laughs> I feel like they're just giving them to Hi. everybody just to like build hype. But then nothing but don't is you like... think this is probably... Yeah, this is probably the most serious one, though, mm. I would I would say. But it's like nothing is kind of... It feels like nothing is materializing. Like, Ryan Johnson is still talking about how he's... He's fucking doing one at some point. He's doing this mm. trilogy. Um, But I don't know. I feel like... I feel like the Star Wars, the modern stuff, is in such a weird place right now that I'm like... I feel like they, 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 they need to figure out what they want to do going forward before they just start like announcing more shit you know what i mean but i don't know i feel like this one is like because this one to me is the one that makes the most sense going with ryan johnson considering how clearly conscious everybody is in the rise of skywalker of how the last jedi was received yeah i feel like going for another trilogy <clears throat> with ryan johnson is a very uh, we don't know really if we're doing that. And then there's the Game of Thrones people that were supposed to get their own Star Wars um, franchise. It's like, oh, well, we, that Game of Thrones season was not well perceived. So, uh, uh. Mm-hmm. but who who out of all of their dire- um, directory of directors has got all of the good credit that we could hide behind when making the next Star Wars film? Yeah. <laughs> Taika Waititi. He's, he's so obviously the sort of what's the word the commercially correct choice mm. for the next like installment um i don't i'll be weird to see i guess it'll just be some sort of spin-off they'll do because i think they'll leave the main sort of central franchise mm-hmm. um just for now because i think that that needs a break um but like it is like hey remember how we made you super successful with like four ragnarok why don't you come do that for our star wars film as well uh, and it just makes sense. Yeah, it's weird though because I I wonder if if now they're going to be more protective than than ever of like Star Wars in terms of the the studio heads who are in charge of it because like apparently like when Ryan Johnson made Last Jedi before it was released they were all fucking ecstatic about it like they thought it was mm. going to be you know the greatest fucking thing ever and then obviously it came out and there's this kind of fan backlash and they're like oh fuck. And then they kind of go, and then they do solo, which kind of no one really sees because nobody cared. And it's like mm. they almost realize that they've made two misfires. But one of those misfires was because they put all their eggs into like one director's basket. And so I wonder mm. if now, you know, because they play it so safe with the fucking Rise of Skywalker in terms of like, just backtrack on everything that this very small in the grand scheme of things, vocal minority didn't like. Um, to appease them uh, and everything will be fine and just do what we say and I'm like I don't know I don't know if they would if they'd be bold enough like I get that it's Taika Waititi and I get that 
he has done stuff for Marvel, but I just don't know. I don't know if they're if they're gonna let him have the freedom still that like no. Ryan Johnson had because of what happened. I'm there. not sure if they'll let him Yeah, I don't think they'll let him have the freedom, but they'll let him they'll use his brand. Uh, they very I can very much them see them using his brand of sense of humor and like the Takawatiti sort of image that he has among um, all of his films. I can see them going, that's a safe thing to brand onto Star Wars to make it fresh yet still bankable. Mm. It's almost, that's that's kind of the almost the problem with the announcement because I saw it and I was like, well, yeah, that makes sense. Like it's almost, <laughs> it's always boring. Yeah, well, that, that was kind of how I felt about it. a good it. Star I, yeah. Wars film. I'm sure he will. I think he would still make a good star. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure that I'm sure that especially because with him making it more comical and presumably they're hiring him to make it more comical, you can ha- at least have a film that like is enjoyable and fun and lighthearted. Uh, and I think that would be a good direction to go. Um, but it almost does just feel like, yeah, obviously that's the right choice to have. Like that's the very bankably right choice to make. Yeah, I think that's why I just wasn't all that enthused by it i was like yeah i get that makes Hmm. sense i suppose i don't know i just think like i think it's it's like star wars regardless of how much you know this vocal minority complains on the internet those movies are still gonna make crazy money everybody complained about the last jedi and then fucking rise skywalker still made fucking crazy money and i feel like solo probably still made a lot of money you know, maybe yeah, not like probably I gangbusters because it's not like you know the main entry, but like I feel like it would so money. So I'm like, why? If your main goal is to make money, like why appeal to this fucking bitter crowd of people who act like the Last Jedi is the worst thing that's ever happened to their lives? Hmm. Like why cater to that? Just fucking be like, yeah, we'll just keep making what we want because these movies make money. It's fucking Star Wars. Um, it's it's fascinating. It's fascinating watching franchises, even something as big as Star Wars, like essentially the biggest franchise on the planet. Um, it's especially in terms of like media, is like caving to their fans. That's that's a fascinating element of like cinematic history that you're in right now. Is yeah. that they they are like that and say the justice league movie and even the avengers movies although they're catering more than like caving um they're all just like so conscious of mm. their fan bases it's fascinating as whereas before they would just do whatever they fuck they liked and who who cares like remember the original like the the fucking 80s and 90s batman films just recast batman for yeah. every film you know like they, they was like, no, that we, that's just what we're doing this time, you know. Uh, who cares what the fans think? We've recast Batman. No one cares. And now, now it would be like <laughs> a tragedy. Like you, you, if you're recasting Batman, oh no, it's Robert Pattinson, but we're going in a different direction. It's a different thing. It's a different thing with a different director, and different things are happening. Don't yeah. worry. Because it's weird. Because obviously, a lot of people didn't like the Last Jedi, and so Rise of Skywalker undoes a lot of that stuff. And then a lot of people didn't like that either. So, like, where do they go from there? If that's their approach, if their approach is, like, catering to fans, like, what do you do do now? They're like, well, we did the Hmm. thing that they didn't think they wanted or they didn't like it, and so we gave them what we thought they wanted and they didn't like that either. (laughs) Um, You kids uh, don't know what you want. That's why you're kids, because you're stupid. (laughs) Um, It's funny. That that is, um, it's exciting to see 
what they're going to do with this film because they that that's it. All they've announced is Taka Waititi. They've not said in what direction this film's going to when when it's going to be set, how what is even going to involved, who it's going to be involved. It's just we found a guy you like. Yeah. <laughs> Please love us we again. We found what has since become almost the safest bet. Yeah. You know what I mean? In terms of churning out their next Star Wars movie. It's so boring. Give Ryan Johnson his fucking trilogy, you cowards. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, that would be a much more exciting announcement if they were like, the next Star Wars film is being directed by Ryan Johnson. It'd be like, fuck yeah. yeah. Fuck Surely man, he... Like, I feel like if I was him, though, I wouldn't fucking want to do it at this point. I'd be like, why would I bother? I got he's like, I, He got nothing but fucking hate for it. And then he made Knives Out and everybody loved it. And it's like... You know what I mean? Just keep making your own shit. And don't bother dabbling yeah. in Star Wars anymore because you're just going to get met with a bunch of fucking vitriolic cunts. <laughs> um, that was the other disappointment of Taka Waititi being announced because he's already making uh, a four film. And you're like, right, you're going to do a four film. Then you're going to do a Star Wars film. I like him as a director. Yeah. When is he doing his own stuff? Yeah, I, 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 I loved Jojo I don't Rabbit. need to see him do all this franchise. Yeah. Uh, I know he's got one more film before four, like um, the, like a smaller film, and I hope he gets to do one between um, four and Star Wars because yeah. I don't want to get Takawatiti lost into this sort of um, just the guy to hire for franchises to make it quirky and lighthearted. Yeah, well and that's fun it. Oh, he's a bit. Time. Oh, he's a bit weird, didn't he? Oh, he's a bit weird, but the kids like him, so we're gonna get him to make every movie from now on. <laughs> Because as much as I like Full Ragnarok, it's not his best film. Yeah, like, not by a long shot. And it still feels like... it. Gen- I think it still f- that film feels a lot like there's a tug of war going on between hmm. what the studio needs to happen and what he wants to happen. Hmm. Um, yeah, and I Absolutely. just... I don't know. That's why I just think, like, I just can't... I can't see them just letting him do what he wants fully for a star wars movie because Mm. that that because of how that kind of backfired on them the first time even though the movie still made fuck tons of money and then the rise of skywalker still made fuck tons of money so what difference does it make make good movies and people will see them um but hey ho we've spent an an ungodly amount of time talking about fucking (laughs) star wars we're supposed to be talking about another space movie that's also made by disney about space and about robots and space uh so we should probably start talking about that, eh? Yeah, we spiraled. <laughs> we did spiral a little bit. What's up, people of Peopleton? Welcome to Second Opinion Movie Podcast. I'm your host, Danny Jones. And the space anonymy that sucks everything, including light in, Scott Morrison. <laughs> Don't like that. Um, <laughs> I'm going to title this episode the one where they talk about everything except <laughs> the black hole. <laughs> And here's um, another thing about Takawatiti. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, We so we... I, I think this was kind of inspired by the fact that I feel like any time during this lockdown I've asked you what you're watching, it's all been weird shit that's on Disney+. Plus. Yes. Um, and uh, so... That's not depleted. Are you still hard, going hard on that? <laughs> no, I wasn't this week, but last week I watched all of the war era animation disney which is bizarre what it's is like, it like like, like american propaganda <laughs> no because this is this is like specifically what they were releasing to like the cinemas and stuff because they did propaganda stuff but that meant 
they weren't able to make feature-length films because uh-huh. they didn't have all the resources of the animators. So what they did is they created sort of anthology films with all of these weird animations and like all of this experimental stuff, which it's it's weird to watch. They all do kind of blend in together. Uh, there's a one where it's about all the animators going to like South America. They're going around South America uh-huh. and they get to show off animations they've made um, inspired by their trip. Uh, and it just ends up being a mixed bag. Some cartoons are really fun to watch, some aren't. Um, but it's like, it is a very strange era of like, these are all Disney films. And there's like so many of them I've never heard of in them just at all. Um, but nope, they're all. Still are they all shorts? The like, are they all? Studio. Are they all shorts? They are shorts, like stitched together yeah, to make yeah, a feature yeah, yeah. film. Um, some of them have a bit more of a um, thematic, some sort of thematic premise. Uh, there's a lot, considering it's the '40s. There's a lot of animation among live action. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a great scene where Donald Duck is chasing a bunch of women on the beach in um, South America. Not even remotely yeah. problematic, Donald Duck. That's why I started the hashtag cancel Donald cancel Duck. Cancel Donald Duck. <laughs> cancel that. These women. Cancel that 90 year old duck. Not my duck. He's done. <laughs> Not my Donald. Uh, what? Yeah. What? What? Um, okay, so you're still very much like, or at least you were still very much yes. on like the Disney Plus deep dive. Um, which I have not been into. I browse through Disney Plus and I'm like, I have no interest in 90% of this library and I don't know why I'm still paying $5.99 now that The Mandalorian's done. Um, <laughs> but yeah, th- this was recommended to us by friend of the podcast, Jamie Boyle. Uh, Hi, Jamie. And I really wanted to watch it based on his recommendation. Um, I think it's from 1977? 78? Something like that, 17, 78, 79, something like that. Yeah, because I think something that struck me was that it was post-Star Wars, like the uh, the, the first yes. one. Um, because th- this f- this film, Black Hole, I guess we'll g- give the premise, the initial premise, and then we can get into it. Hmm. Do you? I know I just cut myself off on like, you know, what I'm sure <laughs> was going to be a hot take. But do you want to like? Do you want to give people the take. the premise, and then we can kind of get into it? So, Black Hole follows um, five space people and their robot as they're traveling through space, as space people are wont to do, <laughs> and they come across a you guessed it black hole. Um, they're about to go, you know, whip round it, go, oh, get out the way, uh, when they realize, hang on, that that spaceship that's next to that black hole. That's one that's been missing for God know how long. Uh, we told them to come back to Earth, but 18, they didn't. 18 years, I think she says. There. 18 years? They've been, that, that thing's been there for 18 years. Let's let's get aboard, see what happens. And also my dad was on thing. it. <laughs> also, one of my dads was on it. <laughs> one of my many dads. Um, one of my many, many. The fun so one. On, the space the one. <laughs> <laughs> the others are boring one's in construction <laughs> one's in insurance but this one's the spaced one so they get on it and it turns out it's filled with human-like robots hmm. and the captain the captain is still alive and he's he's all like well i sent the crew home that's weird you haven't heard from them but i've got a crazy idea i'm gonna go right through this black hole that's my idea and i might be crazy enough to do it 
But Scott Morrison, not everything is as it seems. It certainly is not. Except I felt that it was exactly what it seemed. (laughs) (laughs) I so the 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 first I, I will agree with you there on that point that the first plot twist that happens is that the human like robots are actually humans they're yeah. the crew they are the crew um, but... of the ship uh who tried to mutiny against the only surviving space person the captain yeah the captain because he refused to take them home and so he lobotomized them all and then turned them all into robots and now they are his servants um and it I... is i do you know I, I want to give it credit because I bet it was a great plot twist at the time. Yeah. It's just that now it's a bit obvious where it's going. Mm-hmm. I think that was that, that was something I kept having to kind of r- remind myself of was the context of when it was made. And I was like, I wonder how many of this type of story there had been by this point. Because at this point, you know, in 2020, it feels like the one spacecraft stumbling across another spacecraft in space and it's abandoned or you know there's some weird shit going on on it feels like one of the more common tropes of the sci-fi movie these days you know what Hmm. i mean um and so i did keep having to think of like context like it's all you know this is this this might be what started it all i mean it's definitely not probably yeah but um like something that something that really that struck me a lot was the fact that it was it was post Star Wars and it's still you know Star Wars is is such a kind of such a cinematic film um hmm. and I think still stands up to viewing now because they used a lot of like kind of modern filmmaking techniques at the time in terms of like you know using miniatures and shooting on location and, and and all this kind of stuff and i think that whereas this still feels like it has that old hollywood model where everything is filmed on sets and everything is shot in a kind of wide angle and everyone talks to one another in that sort of hollywood movie way if that makes sense where it's yeah, kind of all yeah. a bit rigid and they all just talk quite blandly until someone has to shout at someone else um you know or raise their voice but aside from that it's all very just like well you well we appear to be moving into a black hole doctor and it's like well you can't be serious <laughs> like that kind of stuff you know what i mean where there's no sort of emoting it's just very yes very bland and i i, I thought that was quite fascinating because you know <clears throat> at that point it's like three years removed or something i think i read from star wars and i was like surely you'd be looking at that point in time you'd be looking at that as the model for hmm. your space movie, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, what did you What did you kind of think of it in general? I liked it. I thought it was very atmospheric, mm-hmm. and uh, I did enjoy that. It very much harkens to sort of a sort of. It felt like a H.G. Wells novel without sort of being based on one. Yeah. Which I thought was really interesting. It's almost like this sort of. You're from this protagonist of this person who comes across some sort of 
thing happening and they have to unravel the mystery of what's going on here and it turns out to be a horror that none of them imagined very much felt like that and i i enjoyed the atmosphere of it i enjoyed them sort of uh, unpicking the mystery because although the sort of human thing is like pretty obvious it's cool to see like unpick the story of what happened to everyone and why this is all the way it is um and it does as i say it feels it's very strange that this was a disney film because it doesn't Mm. feel like a family film no the only element that feels like a family film is um vincent which is their sort of robot companion Uh who does look like he was made to be made toys out of um but i couldn't imagine showing this to a kid because it's pretty it's pretty haunting and harrowing Mm. at first when when they were when they were like stumbling across these more sort of bizarre aspects of the ship like especially when he finds that one that's like stood in front of a big piano and it kind of limps away um (laughs) that felt that reminded me a lot of like the like the wicker man like the original wicker man where a lot of that film where a lot of that film is just the policeman wandering into various rooms seeing some fucking weird shit and be like what's this all about and they're just like and they run off and you're like I hope that was the pitch. Wicker Man in space! <laughs> I'd watch it. Um, but I think... I, I I think I appreciated it a lot more from the kind of... the, the craftsmanship behind it as opposed to the, the plot stuff because what you were just saying there where it was like it was interesting to watch them piece together what had happened to the crew. I almost didn't feel like they they did piece it together they kind of just the very first robot that they speak to this robot called bob just goes oh yeah they fucking he they they all they, they're all lobotomized and they're all robots <laughs> because they tried to kill him and he went mad and i was like okay hmm. there we go that's exactly you know what i mean it's like they just you have like Fair two kind I, I, of I'm... bizarre scenes and then the first robot they meet just tells them what's happening yeah I guess it, it starts off with a sort of element of putting together the mystery. And then, yeah, as soon as they meet Bob, the other robot, the other robot in the same vein as Vincent, it is like, that is the mystery. Um, because that alien, enough. that I, I robot it's hard Bob, to, when they um, introduce him, is kind of... Oh, sorry. You froze. Sorry. No, I, I, Karen, I, mistook. Uh, you, I thought uh, you had stopped talking, but you froze. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and now I it's think still it's funny frozen. that, like... Oh, is it? Hello. Sorry, this is second opinion technical. Okay, difficulties. I think we're good again. I think we're good. Keep let's let's keep rolling. I sung a little song which you won't get until. No, um, I did. I heard the edit. I heard the technical difficulty song. I got that. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Um, I guess it's hard to um track how the mystery is unpicked when the mystery is pretty obvious that yeah. all of the humanoid robots are humans. So I guess I lost track of that. But like to begin with, they're all like oh something's happening here Uh, it's this feels a bit weird what's happening and then i like the end of like it uh it's quite fun when um they they figure out all that's going to happen they figure out that the the captain's going to try and kill them and turn them into robots or whatever and they no, the captain's going to try and force them to go through the black hole and trying to escape it's pretty they do a pretty good job of like mounting problems on top of each other um i like that I really did think um, they were fucked when the one of the crew members betrays them and tries to escape on their original spaceship and mm. it gets destroyed. And you're like, oh, well, shit. <laughs> how are <laughs> oh, they, they going to get out of this one? <laughs> um, 
yeah it's like uh, i thought it was a, a really good job of building on top of each other yeah yeah that's true that's true maybe i was too focused on like how quickly they 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 realized what was going on because obviously that when they first meet bob when you first see bob he is like he's fucked up like they've done some yeah, they've done some up. shit to him um and i was like oh this is he's kind of interesting and i'm like oh it's you know they're they're gonna like try and talk to him and he's you know he's not gonna tell them anything because he doesn't want to get in trouble again but they just talk to him and he's immediately like oh yeah like it's fucking messed up what's happening here <laughs> um but maybe i'm like too hung up on that element of it maybe i didn't because because the mounting problems as they get towards the end is it does it do, it is it is not intense it's fun I especially liked yeah. when they. I especially liked the shootout in the um, the garden area, and then yeah. I think something explodes. Like I think part of the hull explodes, and so it just kicks up this crazy storm, uh, and they're having mm. the shootout in the storm. And I loved that. And that was where that kind of craftsman element came into it because that's clearly all practical, um, mm. which was really cool to watch. Um, but I think like a lot of that craftsmanship just served us like a story that isn't immensely fun and i think no that's or not yeah. not 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 fun i guess like immensely interesting and i guess hmm. like i was still trying like i said i was trying to think of it where it's like you know there are films that i like that are impressive looking but are not particularly good films you know what i mean and just because hmm. i guess this this is an older film and they would have had more limitations like doesn't mean that i'm more into it you know what i mean like yeah. doesn't mean that appreciation for the craftsmanship made it like a more entertaining film to watch i guess okay, yeah i thought you would be okay. really into it i feel like the whole time i was watching it i thought it felt like a danny kind of movie yeah i, I was i did i did in um in watch it like uh, I, I was enjoying the the plot unfold and um i was uh i was really hoping that they would get to go through the black hole at the end because i was like yeah they built it up the, the whole mystery of like oh um what's happening in the inside the black hole and the the captain's like no I, i'm determined i'm determined to go through that fucking black hole if it kills me son, i like I'm that going through it. yeah i also like um, the, and i, I was like the... i need to know what happens i liked the plot line where the member of their their crew was really into the idea of going at the black hole he was like hmm. oh i want to i want to go into the mind of god you know what i mean and, and and see what we see um and i almost think that that plot line would have been more interesting because that plot line dies a death because he dies a death um yeah he a very he, extraordinary death it's he <laughs> it's revealed to him that the robots are lobotomized members of the crew he immediately freaks out and then he fucking oh yeah because there's the robot called max who i'll get to in a minute but he's immediately killed by max um and i i like when he died i was like that plot line would have been so much more interesting if in the face of that if he had learned what was happening and still been like no i understand where this captain is coming from i understand why he did the things he had to do I still want to follow him into this black hole. And then you have a kind of, you've got like a conflict, like from within the crew a little bit more. Hmm. I think that would have been really interesting. But again, it's kind of, 
they just don't he learns that and you know naturally he's pretty shocked because you know i like to think i would be too um and then he's killed off lobotomizing people's not for me but i love that i love that he gets killed off he gets killed off and then he tries to lobotomize lobotomize um i forget her name uh but one of the other crew members the girl the girl (laughs) um and i love that he calls up the the crew like while they're on their ship ready to go and he's just like hey it's uh it's the pilot it's the the captain um your two pals have decided to stay with me don't worry about it i'm not gonna let you talk to them anyway bye (laughs) they're just like wait what (laughs) um like i love that he thought he would get away with that by just being like they've chosen to stay with me forget about it don't worry just you guys go (laughs) um but yeah, like I said, I get it's it's kind of I felt I felt like that would have been more interesting, and they, they kind of didn't go down that route. Which I guess it's a Disney movie. Maybe you don't want to go. You don't want to have a character who's that much of a psycho. But then at the same time, in the same movie, you have a character who already did that, so it's not a stretch to have a character who agrees with the thing that he did. Yeah, like it's weird because uh, um, towards the end, as I say, like the one of them decides, "Nah, fuck it, I'm getting out of here," and he runs to onto the ship. And like he launches up into the air, and it does feel like it comes out of nowhere for that character. Yeah, it you don't really feel comes like that character. Yeah, he pretends he's like broken his leg. He's like, "Oh my leg, I can't <laughs> go on." And he's like, "Okay, just wait here and like stop any of them from coming through." And the second he goes out the room, the guy's just like, "Fucking, I am out. Fuck this shit, I'm out." Um, yeah, but that that it, it does it that yeah. is like a that's like a manufactured conflict for within the crew that comes out of nowhere. Whereas at least the other one, if they'd went that route, would have kind of, you know, would have played more into the plot of the film, I guess. Definitely. Mm. So let's talk about Maximilian, who is a quite terrifying presence I really liked, for this film. Uh, I really liked Max. That, I think, was my favorite part of the film. Um, He's this menacing-looking robot, and... He's like the hen- the sort of main henchman for the captain. And he doesn't say anything, but he just has this presence. Yeah. It's like, I, I don't, it's like, it's so visceral, his presence. They do a really good job of like, when he enters the room, you're like, oh shit, man. Shit, this is, shit's going to go down. Yeah, I think because he he's kind of an ominous presence. And I think, you know, obviously he's meant to look like an imposing threat like an intimidating threat and i think he does uh mm. in the context of that film but that was one of those elements where i kept thinking like man like if they if they remade this now like they could do that so much better yeah. uh, and they could do a lot of, you know, one thing that particularly stood out for me is when uh when they get into fist fights any kind of fist fight or anyone sort of hits another character oh boy it's bad because either it's just like a, <laughs> either it's just a gentle tap or they are clearly not punching the other person. Like, they're clearly just, like, stopping for their face. Uh, and they're just having these uh, weird little tumbles around, and it's it's very awkward. And It's especially funny when it's robots against robots. Yeah. And it's just these things that are clearly on strings are, like, tapping into each other. They're literally tapping <laughs> like, into a lot. Oh, my God. <laughs> that, that really hurt. That destroyed me. Yeah. My name's a robot. Um, But I think, like... Yeah, Max the robot seems a lot more intimidating because he's he's just this big sort of force and he has two fucking crazy claw hands that could just rip yeah. you apart. 
Um, that kill because he gets a kill in this. He does he, get. He, he kills, kills one of the, the guy crew, crew who member. is on yeah. who wants to go into the black hole. And it's I couldn't believe like you don't see any blood or you don't see any blood or anything, and it's very well edited together. You do get a sense that like it was an actor, and nothing happened to him, and you were no there, no, nothing was nowhere near happening to him. But the implication is he he has these two claws which turn into like like what would you like a blender? It's like they a whisk, yeah. Blenders. <laughs> Yeah, and the bl- and the guy's like holding up a book, and the blender goes right the way through the book, and then it just cuts to his face of like the idea of the bl- two blenders went into his chest. Yeah, and you're like, this. I thought this was supposed to be a Disney film. This was yeah. Disney back in the seventies, not Disney now, where they'll just they'll do anything and they'll just like ah fuck it we'll we'll do it through one of our subsidiaries or whatever. Like we'll release it this way. No, this was Disney when they were they had like. They fully had a brand, and they were known as Family Fun Entertainment. Mm. That's a horrific death, which adds to his menace. It, it, like what I was saying about where I think if they remade the film, he would be done a lot better. I feel like, I, I, you know, because obviously Disney is doing a lot of remakes right now, and I understand why they're remaking the films they're remaking because it's brand mm. recognizable, and nobody knows what fucking the black hole is. But I feel like this this would potentially make for a good remake, even though yeah, this even, would be interesting. Yeah, because like I said, production wise, it, it's a it's a fascinating film to watch. But the rest of the film is nothing all that special, and I think that's almost like primed for taking it and updating it because you could add a lot of those elements that we're talking about and you could rework the plot a bit to where, you know, they're not just told what's happening. They, they gradually learn it mm. and you could make it more ominous and more like creepy. Um, Wicker man in space. Wicker man in space. Uh, then it kind of, you know, then it kind of is now as it stands. And I, I do, I think it would make like a really good remake, hmm. but they're never going to fucking do it. Cause nobody knows what this is. No. So, no, it's not a recognizable brand. Yeah. I mean, I'd never heard of it. I don't know about you. No, neither had I. Yeah. No, I'd, I'd never heard of this. But it has all. Robert Forrester in it, who passed away at, like, yeah. this, was it the end of last year? Yeah, it was, yeah, it was recent. Like, it was, like, the day after El Camino came out. Um, oh. <laughs> and he passed away, genuinely. Um, and it was it was cool to see him in something as a, like, as a younger man because all i really know of him is is the stuff he did when he was older but again it's that it's just that acting of what are you talking about you've got to be out of your out of your mind and that's just delivered in a in a sort of wide shot and it's (laughs) um but yeah i feel like if you were to do this again update it make it creepier like play into the mystery more Mm. i think it would make like a good movie yeah. Um, but like I said, they're they're never gonna fucking do it because we got to mm. remake. What are they remaking next? They did Lady in the Tramp, Fox and the Hound, Mulan. M- M- yes, if... we should have uh, seen Mulan by now. Yeah. Well, I wasn't gonna. Were you not gonna? Were you firmly against it? No, I I I'm ma- making a statement against live action Disney films because of how ridiculously pointless Lion King was. I'm sure. I just... I'm done. I'm I'm sure they're they're hurting from that, Danny. <laughs> nah, they they've they've not got my integrity. Yeah. 
Um, I would have uh, probably I, that was. I would have probably seen it just because I see everything. Yeah. And now I feel like I'll see anything, <laughs> but because I just want <laughs> to go to the cinema again. Um. Um. It's just not the same. It's not the same watching the newest Netflix movie, mostly because they're all shit. <laughs> um, uh, I like that the lady is randomly psychic. That's bizarre, but it's just part what of the world. was that part? She's psychic. She's psychically connected to the robot. Oh, yes. Yeah. But I just thought... <laughs> what is that part explained? I just kind of assumed they had implants in their head or something so they could talk to the robot no they refer to it as esp which um i can't remember what it stands for but it's yeah it's basically the sixth sense ah i did not know that um yeah i i I must have not been paying attention to that part i must have been like looking something up on my phone that's a bad (laughs) it's a bad way to do it but i still feel like i still feel like watching i think we talked about this last week i still feel like watching these movies is not as fun when we have to watch them individually. <laughs> There's a huge no. aspect of this is removed from that because I feel like we end up with a lot more to say because we'll comment on the movie as it's happening and then we can bring that up in mm. the podcast. Whereas I probably had like a, mm. a dozen or so thoughts that I've just completely forgotten during that movie because we didn't sort of vocalize yeah. them at the time. <clears throat> yeah, so yeah, highlighting other thoughts, uh, thoughts for each other. I... um. I guess the other thing to talk about is the ending. I was going to bring up the uh, ending, yeah. So what happens is they, they manage to find the spaceship that the captain was going to use to go into the black hole. And they try to escape the main spaceship from that. Um, they try to, but it turns out that the the spaceship's plant, that the, sorry, the spaceship's path is preset and they can't yeah. change it. And it's preset to go through the black hole. And I was like, yes, because as I said earlier, that's what I, that was the yeah. main thing I wanted. I was like, you can't do all of this and not have them go into the black finally hole. Finally, go through the black hole. Uh, so it's like that's it. They're all, all of them. The captain who's just been sucked out into space, Maximilian who's been sucked out into space, and the the leftover crew members on this little spaceship with Vincent and bashed up Bob are all going to go through the black hole. And I don't know what I was expecting. But I wasn't expecting what happened. Yeah. I don't know. I guess I, I wasn't I, expecting. I thought it was just going to go down the same route as not the way that um, two thousand one, not what that kind of comes to. But in terms of when he's going through the the black hole, like I kind of thought it was going to be similar to two thousand one, where it would just be a lot of colors and a lot of bright lights and very abstract. Um, but they and it starts off as that. Yeah, the camera's kind of twisting. That weird, and, uh, yeah. They do that weird special effect, which I've only ever seen in old films, where it like stretches the screen out and it focuses on their eye and it's stretching it out. And I'm like, never seen that in a yeah a recent film. Um, and then <clears throat> they try it. They 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 go for this. The the <laughs> captain and Max merge together, and now the captain is inside Max, and then we cut to him standing atop a, a sort of mountain in a fiery underworld that's populated by what looks like the robots from the film like the the, the Mm. human robots and i guess it's meant to be hell because immediately after that it's meant to be hell immediately after that we have like an angel flying down like a white corridor and then they come out they come out the other side of the black hole and it's like a white 
light that they come out of and i was like is this hmm. well are, are they supposed to have just gone through heaven and hell because i guess it makes sense because you know there's they talk about the guy the guy literally says like i want to go into the mind of god and hmm. they refer to the black hole as dante's inferno yeah so that, that sort of there's a lot more kind sounds of like they've hit a, of a religious aspect to the black hole hmm. So I guess it makes sense, and it makes sense that it's it's abstract. I want to know when they come out the when they came out the other end, and you see the planet. I was like, is that meant to be Earth? And I hope it's not Earth because I was like, what are the fucking odds that this black hole they go through this black hole and it shits <laughs> them out next to the planet they're from? But I don't think it is. I think it's just meant to be an unknown planet, and they're just going to start heading towards hmm. that. Maybe it's where God lives. I wonder. I, well, I was going to say maybe it'd be like a. a a heaven as a planet um that'd be weird and bizarre and interesting uh although i don't think it's as, as um ridiculous to think it could be earth because for some unknown reason or at least not reason i could pick up they the crew members survive by going through the heaven tunnel as we all referred to it when yeah. we saw it uh and the bad guy was uh stayed in hell he stayed in whatever the hell dimension was so surely whatever consciousness is in charge of the center of a black hole in this film distinguishes between good and bad, mm. right? Because he's decided the crew members, they're all right. Well, you know what? They helped the robots. They, they stuck together. They weren't about lobotomizing people. That was just not their style. So they deserve to go through the heaven tunnel, which we all called it at the time, and end up, say, conveniently at Earth. As whereas this guy deserves to be in in this hell dimension where there's fire and he's a robot uh, and there's all these other robots. That's like that feels like a decision made by whatever yeah. consciousness is at the heart of the black hole. Yeah. So I guess maybe it is supposed to be literal heaven and hell. Like they pass through the afterlife, I guess, and come out the other side. But. What I didn't understand, what I didn't get was he stood on the mountain looking down at all these robot people and I was like, okay, so is is that implying that he is in charge of them? That he's <laughs> ruling over them? Or is it that he's now gonna have to reside in this world with the robot people that he did <laughs> did wrong by? Um and that's gonna be his hell. I don't know. It was I mean I guess it's meant it's meant to be kind of abstract, isn't it? It's meant to be a bit of a Yeah. Um I think that's a good way of looking at it though, is that they literally pass through heaven and hell and judgment is made upon all of them. And the good guys get to get shot out on the other side. Um, uh, I like that they, they went for it. Yeah. Um because you it's it's hard to if you have all this mystery of what's inside of a black hole, it's hard to pay it off. And it would have been easy, and I don't. And this is not me implying that 2001 took the easy way out, but it would have been easy to do just abstract imagery and go, "Ooh, bring your own interpretation to it." But, but then they, 2001 they a... doesn't. 2001 ends on a note that is interpretable if you are, you know, are willing to look into yes. that. You know what I mean? But I, I mean that like they could have just done abstract images and yeah. like said, "Ooh, would keeping it vague so that." there's no definitive answer but i like that they went for it they were like nah inside this black hole exists heaven and hell mm. fucking deal with it this is this is our universe and <laughs> I, I really appreciated that 
yeah, like um, that's a really bizarre thing for them to have done. And it was interesting. It was like, ooh, that was that was the mystery. That was like the interesting mystery of the film, and it was paid off in a very peculiar way. But yeah, uh, I guess like I think watch this film purely to appreciate the way it looks more than anything yeah. else. I think. Uh, I think there is some like for the time there is some impressive kind of filmmaking on display, especially yeah some of the shots later in the film. There's the the sequence where that that sort of sunbeam thing is coming down the corridor and they're running across the yeah. bridge in front of it and it's like Supposed one to be matte painting on top of another or something and it's 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 really mm. cool to look at. Stuff like that really stuck out to me. That was the stuff where I was like, oh maybe maybe I should like this film more. But then I was like, well, no, I can't. I can't force myself to be interest, like you know, to be overly interested in it purely because it's got some good-looking, you know, shots in it. Yeah. Um. But I did like. I liked all the kind of design stuff. I liked the design of the, the especially Walter and Bob, the the two kind of robots. I liked the design of those. Those weird floaty yeah. little men. I thought it was funny that Bob has a southern accent. <laughs> which i'm like would you program a robot to have a southern accent it's weird um maybe but he's like tell he's like make sure the dream of our kind lives on and i was like what is what is this uh i like that there's such a weird design but vincent is like we're the best robot we're perfect that we can do anything and you're like Really? This design? This guy? <laughs> yeah. This, this, this <laughs> yeah, design like, is the pinnacle of robotics? Yeah. They're like That's fucking a, pinpoint specific. accuracy shots and stuff. It's 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 hilarious. But, um, yeah, I mean, I would definitely... I think it probably stands out amidst, like, a lot of the Disney 70s era shit that's probably mm. on Disney Plus right now. It stands out for its atmosphere. It's definitely worth watching for that. It's so it's such a weirdly atmospheric film, um, and so onomous. As I say, considering it's supposed, you'd think it's marketed as a family film. It's so such a weird atmosphere. Yeah. Um, yeah. No. Thank you, Jamie, for the recommendation. If you're listening, which I hope he is. Thanks, Jamie. Yeah. Um. Uh, you know, we talked about the movie a little bit shorter this time, but, you know, we gave you half an hour of fucking bullshit up top to, to listen to, so <laughs> what difference <laughs> does it, it make? Out. Yeah, we padded it out. Uh, like I said, it's 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 almost harder to, to do this over Skype because there are mm-hmm. weird little delays and little quirks of the way we're recording and stuff like that, and we're just uh, not in the same room and uh, we can't we can't make the jokes and all the good times, and instead we got no. this weird setup, but... I still enjoy doing this like every couple of weeks. It's definitely one of the things that's keeping me well. sane. So um, I know I enjoy just like escaping from reality and talking about talking about a film. Yeah, um, I don't really know what we have planned next, but I'm sure we'll think of something. No, Conta- sure contagion. <laughs> just go, seems surreal. Just go hard on the comparisons. Um, okay, well. If that is all, folks, I will say enjoy Eat Your J.K. Simmons and... Eat Your J.K. Simmons. We'll see you all next time. Yeah, see you next time. Bye!